What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of the Functional Firefighter Framework podcast. Uh, today, we have a very special guest, uh, Chief Bruce Tolliver down in Phoenix. Uh, he runs the clinic down in Phoenix for Phoenix Fire. Um, this is going to be an awesome interview. Uh, Chief has been doing this now for, for quite a while and has an insight on on how to take care of firefighters and dealing with the trends and being able to combat the impact of the career. So, uh, Chief, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you all for having me on. It's a, it's a, it's a, a treat to be on. So uh, I look forward to it. Thanks. Well, let's, uh, I guess we'll jump right in, uh, Chief. Uh, first question is going to be, what's your background and how long have you been overseeing the clinic for the Phoenix Fire Department? So I would say, uh, I'm going to flip that question on you and just say that I've, I, so I've only been in charge of our health center, uh, since, uh, 20, uh, since 2020, uh, we rotate our chiefs through different scenarios. The health center doesn't flip as much as some of the other areas in the fire department, but, but I've been in my position for about two years now. My, my lead into that was, uh, my master's degree was in education with a specialty in sports medicine. So I worked, uh, in college. Uh, football and baseball for quite a few years as a certified athletic trainer and then worked for the Jacksonville Jaguars for a period of time, a short period of time before I got hired. And uh, so my athletic training background, uh, when I, after I had gotten through the academy, uh, they, uh, we started instituting some programs. I made some recommendations about things that could help uh, keep firefighters healthy while they were going through the academy as recruits. And so uh, it was a, a very successful program because we didn't have to recycle a lot of people. And because uh, that was so successful, it kind of built on it. But in addition to that, we had peer fitness trainers that were doing uh, the physical components and, and, and the morning training before we really got into the hose lays and, and the daily activities, uh, flexibility, balance, proprioception stuff, strength training, things like that. So um, that's kind of how it started and that's uh that's my, my background with it before we got into it awesome so just uh time frame wise chief uh how did how did phoenix become one of the first departments of the wfi and and what was your role in that well so so back then i didn't have a role really at all when it started but that was uh at the time our our, our union president was uh pat could tell me uh, local 493 president, and then uh, obviously uh, fire chief uh, Alan Brunacini, um, who uh, in their wisdom, as, as things started being built out, there were 10 national cities, uh, original cities that started uh, with the wellness fitness initiative. And I don't, I'm not going to know them all by heart, but it was, uh, it was New York, it was LA, LA County, uh, Indianapolis, Arizona, um, Miami-Dade, and, and there were some other ones. I don't, uh, Seattle, I don't remember them all, but that's kind of, it was all about uh, labor and uh, management getting together kind of through the RBO process and then working with the International Association of uh, uh, Firefighters and the International Association of Fire Chiefs uh, working together to improve uh, wellness. You know, it wasn't really a fitness program. It was about wellness. You know, firemen or firefighters are in pretty good shape and musculoskeletal wise they're they're fit but it's their wellness things that uh we were recognizing or they were recognizing there were problems with and so they established some some wellness pieces that they thought would help address some issues 
that uh, they were seeing. And so we started, the fire department started a health center. We built, uh, when I came on in 95, we had a we had taken an old fire station. The city had taken an old fire station, modified it, and, and we had an x-ray room. We had a little gym in there. There was a doctor's office, and we we had formal physicals in this uh, office. And, you know, back then, we didn't have the number of firefighters um, that we have today, so we have a much bigger facility today. But even back then, there were uh, components of fitness and, uh, and and measurements that we were looking for the elements of wellness, and it was it was really based around obesity, uh, blood pressure, uh, cardiovascular fitness like Mets, right, and then uh, and and then A one C or blood glucose levels. Those were the things where even though you're you're you may be physically fit or physically conditioned, the wellness side of things. Uh, they could get away from you a little bit. And so the program was designed to find those things and to find your level of fitness. And, and just like you guys, I'm sure when you got hired, you, you went through a program where you had a physical, you probably even had a, a physical for your city. And then the pension board, either for your state or city, you had to go and do another pension uh, physical. And since that time, they've kind of merged together for us so we can get that all done uh, at one time in our, in our physical uh uh, assessment period when we when we bring recruits in and we do and we do new hires for quite a few other cities around Phoenix as well but um that that's that's kind of where it started the 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 wellness fitness initiative when it really got going and the health center really started looking at at like a tier program that that kind of happened early around 2005 2006 but but the wellness fitness initiative was happening long before that in in regards to having a health center you know i came on again in 95 and that our health center was in existence already for probably 3 or 4 years before that if not maybe even 5 years and the and the founders of that were some physicians and again alan brunacini and uh and 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 pat katelmi our union president were were very instrumental in pushing for health and wellness. You know, you guys have all heard or seen writings, I'm sure, where uh, Chief Brunacini used to say, hey, uh, we treat our fire trucks better than we treat our members, right? You'd, you'd pull into the station, you'd wash a fire truck, and you'd wash the tires, and you were, you know, spit shining everything and rolling hose and laying hose and hanging hose. But but so our, our trucks and our equipment looked outstanding, painting axes, the whole deal. But what were we doing for our members? And uh and Chief Bernasini was uh, extremely instrumental in that to the point we had weight equipment in our stations. We had a fund that allowed us to buy equipment and build up um, equipment to maintain our health and wellness at stations. So, I mean, we had nutritionists, we had, you know, we had cardiovascular equipment, strength training equipment, and opportunities to, to see a doc whenever we, we didn't feel like we were doing well or feeling well. So uh, the health became a real big, big component uh, it was there early in my career, but uh, it, it's we've come a long way. We're bigger, we're more robust, and uh, it's a great program to have. And and uh, it's it's wonderful that Phoenix is a part of that. You said I was unaware that the WFI was in the '90s. That's when that's when all the the ten cities came together. I guess to start. Yeah. So the the wellness fitness initiative started. You know, I was trying to look back at some dates because some of the dates go back pretty far, but. The wellness fitness initiative was it was kind of 2003 is kind of really where uh, we started looking at uh, um, 
the overall fitness and the collaboration of that. But we had a health center before that time. And I'm sure some of the other cities did also. And I, uh, again, I was young on the job, so I don't really know what it looked like back then. But when I came on in 95, we had a health center. We did physicals. We went somewhere different for our pension physical, but for our fire department physical, our docs, our, you know, that's where we had our chest x-rays, our blood work. That's where we did our, our, uh, our, our, um, metabolic training for our, our Mets and, and all that stuff to make sure that we were fit, uh, to start the Academy. So, and chief, you, you kind of touched on, uh, a four tier system. Can, uh-huh. uh, can you explain that four tier system uh, and how it came yeah, to again, be? Yeah, again, that was all started. Yeah. That, that tier system is, is pretty amazing. Again, I kind of, I touched on it in the sense that when it kind of all got going, as I understand it, um, again, we're, firefighters usually pretty good physical shape right but where where they were finding a lack or where they were finding concerns was some of the uh elements of wellness and again it was the obesity so we were doing body fat measurements for obesity and we were looking at blood pressure obviously for hypertension purposes right um we were doing metabolic uh testing or metabolic mets checking mets to see uh, your level of cardiovascular fitness or uh, physical conditioning, uh, cardiovascular conditioning, and then blood glucose levels, uh, checking A1Cs to see if there was any metabolic issues going on, diabetes, prediabetes, things like that. And then even for a while, they started looking at, uh, we, we still do spirometry testing because of uh, if you were an SCBA, you have to have a, a spirometry test, but they were using that as a part of the tier system. But what happened was they were, they weren't finding anybody failing the, the pulmonary function testing. So they really kind of took it out. We still test it to, so that we can wear the SCBA, but we kind of took it out of our peer or out of our tier program. And the, the tier, the tier system is really just a four it, they take those four components and, and the tier is tier one is you're in great shape. You have no issues. You're, you're physically sound and, um, and, and you're encouraged to maintain that level of fitness. Your, your, your body fat is good. Your blood pressure is good. Your, uh, uh, your metabolic, your, you're meeting your Mets when you do cardiovascular fitness testing in our protocol, specifically, we use a Gherkin protocol who was one of our physicians that created that. Um, and then the A1C blood glucose, but, and then tier two was, Hey, you're a little bit out of bounds, but you can still be on a truck. You're still, you're still in uh, your, your wellness, your elements of wellness are still good enough that uh, there's no reason to take you off a truck. And then a tier three, as those numbers fall down, it's kind of like, Hey, you need to have a warning that, that uh, you're starting to slip a little bit. And, and it, you know, it's not the 20, 21, 22, 23 year old firefighter that usually has that problem. Right. So we've been on for a while. We start to eat a little bit more. We start to exercise a little bit less. Sometimes life takes over, kids take over and we don't take care of our, our bodies, our, our nutrition, the way we did. So as that stuff starts to fall, you kind of get a, Hey, wake up, you know, you're at a tier three. Uh, if, if, if we got to start dialing in on any potential issues that you could be having, but if you, uh, if you get to what is a tier four, then we pull you off a truck. Well, tier three, two, let me go back and say that we will uh, put you with a, a peer fitness trainer and a nutrition specialist and, uh, and, and get you in. And we're not trying to micromanage you. We're just trying to say, Hey, Let's help get you dialed back in so we get you back in and, and hang out in that tier, that tier one, tier two area. 
And uh, if you if you kind of fall off for a while and 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 get away from yourself, if you will, uh, you're on a tier four, and 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 you'll have 90 days to get yourself corrected. And that's it's rarely the pulmonary stuff. It's almost always the Mets, right? It's almost always the metabolic rate for your cardiovascular uh, fitness, where people fall off and they can't get above the 12 Mets. And then that's all based on age. So you know, with age. We have body fat ranges in that tier program. You have metabolic uh, uh, needs that you have to meet. So when you're trying to meet your mets, 12 is the minimum for anybody. But then from 20 to 30, you have to meet so many mets, you know, 30 to 40, 40 to 50 kind of a thing. And that's all determined uh, by heart rate and the level of exercise you're putting out um, in uh, in mets. When you see, when you put that treadmill on and you see that mets, uh, that's what we're trying to do. And so... Um, but by measuring those numbers across the board, uh, that's where we're seeing. Um, we don't have very many. Uh, you were guys were going to you're probably going to ask percentages. We have a very small percentage that hang out in tier four. I mean, uh, like single digit, you know, two, three percent, four percent kind of a thing. And then, you know, even if you combined three and four, you're still probably less than 10 percent. Right. Yeah. Everybody else is is pretty much in that tier one, tier two. And there's you know, with all the things going on in firefighting, how busy we are, and just some of the uh, the mental health issues and and things that go on, it's easy to fall for those numbers to fall. So we uh, we require a physical once a year. It's non punitive, and by doing that, it allows us to to check in on our members and uh, see how they're doing, see how uh, what their blood work looks like, uh, what their daily lifestyle is like, how's their mental health. And so it's more than just the tier program. It's a nice program that gives us a chance to really look at you as a whole, see how you're doing. And, and if you're struggling, how can we help? So, and, and chief, you, you said that the, uh, that you had 90 days to make the correction, uh, and it was non-punitive. What happens if someone is unable or unwilling, I shouldn't say unable, just unwilling to make that, that adjustment. Yeah, so you know that that gets bigger than me. But what happens is you have ninety days in our program. The way it's written is you have ninety days to get out of tier four. So I don't, and we'll let you stay on the truck usually, depending on what that problem is. But if it's Mets, uh, what we do is we bring you back every thirty days and have you repeat that treadmill test. And as we have you repeat that treadmill test, if you can't get it done in ninety days, then we take you off the truck. Again, it's non-punitive but we can't have you on a truck. So we'll put you in a light duty position or we'll bring you down to the health center for four hours a day and put you through a conditioning program with one of our PTs or one of our peer fitness trainers or um, somebody that'll, that'll get uh, the design a program for you to get you back in line. If it's a, if it's an A1C issue, then um, you're off the truck long enough to uh, get on some meds and get your A1C under control. Because as you guys know, there's, uh, when your A1C is out of whack and that number gets too high, uh, there's a lot of things going on inside that you just, you really, you got to stop things and get control of yourself and your diet and, and your, your yourself before you can really get back on a truck. So we'll pull you out and tell your numbers, the docs feel that your numbers are back in a safe range and whether that's through medication, diet and exercise, whatever it is. But uh, so you, after those 90 days, if you're not where you need to be, we, we we will take you off the truck, but we'll give you 90 days to stay on the truck and see if we can't sort it out and get you dialed in. This might be a little bit random, but <clears throat> have you noticed anything like a different rash of uh, metabolic pathologies as of late? Like 
I know we always suffer from like most of us, like if it's obesity, then it's usually uh, hypothyroid or they have a high TSH numbers or uh, you were just mentioning A1C or you having a rash of high A1C findings with your people in Phoenix as of late. Well, I, so I would say, and, and again, I'm not saying to say a rash, I don't know, but being new, what I would say is I personally was surprised at our A1C issues uh, in the past year. Um, it's, uh, it's higher and it's not always, you know, you look at someone and you say, oh, they are obese and uh, we should check their A1C, right? And, and then you look at, they call them skinny fat people. So they have a high A1C, but they're in, in, you, they look like a specimen, right? And so our, our protocol right now with our lab is that if you have a rest, uh, a fasting blood sugar of 105, 105 or higher then the lab automatically runs an A1C because we've been seeing some A1Cs and because the result of having a high A1C is so significant, I've asked, uh, our docs to lower that number to 100. So if you have a resting glucose now in Phoenix of 100 or greater, then we'll run an A1C on you to see where your A1C is at. Uh, hopefully to catch these people a little bit earlier. And, and you kind of say, well, do you start doing that at 40 or 45? Well, there's 20 and 25 year old uh, uh, firefighters that that have the same problem. So it, it's across the board. If you have a, if you have a, uh, a fasting blood glucose of 100, uh, the lab will run an A1C on you just to make sure that uh, you're in bounds. Because, Chief, we don't we don't have near the infrastructure that you have, and I'm sure you get phone calls. But I get phone calls from uh, some of our members who are concerned because uh, they came back with a high 1AC, and it's people that you, like you said, necessarily wouldn't have guessed that are you never guess right, never yeah. guess that they're essentially like pre-diabetic or diabetic. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. so that's pretty alarming, and I didn't know if. Uh, that's something new we're kind of stumbling across because it's I've only been in the fire service like 16 years now and I don't remember it as prevalent back then as it as it seems to be now and I don't know if people are more open with their medical <laughs> like privacy or whatever but uh, I've been hearing it a lot in the last couple of years uh, I don't know if it's something that's sweeping or sounds yeah like you know I don't I'd, I'd have to ask one of our clinicians about that but what I I think some of it is if, if, if you're not really dealing in the realm. So you guys, just like myself, um, as you get deeper and deeper in this, you learn more and then your bandwidth gets a little bigger and you understand things a little bit better and, and look for things in a different way. And uh, I, I think that the, it's probably been going on. We just haven't been looking for it in the same way, just the same way that we probably weren't looking at mental health and some of the, you know, our cancer program, is phenomenal. We have a phenomenal clinic that we work with and, and we're seeing some cancers, some, some strange cancers that we've never seen before that, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'd call it a rash, but I think our cancer physician would say that they're unseen in the ages of the people that are, that we're seeing them in. So, but we're exposed to a lot of different things. You know, the things that are burning nowadays are a lot different and, just the, what we're exposed to and our diet and what's in our foods and things like that all play a role. But, but I would say, yeah, there probably is an uptick. I don't know how much of that personally, I don't know how much of that is. Uh, it's never been there and it's just starting or it's been there and we just didn't know to look for it or we didn't look at it to the degree that we look at it today. And, and before we leave the topic of the tier four, just for our listeners, 
Um, I've been doing nothing but looking at policy surrounding firefighter health for three years straight. And without a shadow of a doubt, uh, your guys' program chief, just so everyone knows that tier four program policy wise is the most comprehensive screening that I've seen so far in the fire service. We tend to get, um, they're either siloed where some programs are, uh, basically just Mets or just based on age or just body composition. Um, but the total view of someone's health, like you were saying, um, covered in the, the four tier program and, and taking into consideration multiple aspects of someone's overall health, you know, the obesity tied to the A1C or the blood pressure and really addressing the comprehensive health of, of someone, um, is something that I, I really, um, enjoy and, and like about the, uh, the tier four program. So, um, it's an awesome program and I just wanted to make sure I, I, I said that cause it is, a. It's the heart of his doctoral <laughs> dissertation. Yeah, it is. Uh, Good for you. Congratulations <laughs> on that, Doc. Congratulations. I, uh, yeah, so that's it. It is one of those things that I was like, that, that is um, something I kept I kept going from city to city, whether it was L.A. or, or Seattle, and, and everybody's doing it, but we everyone seems to get narrow-focused on, you know, one metric, and it, you can't do that. So yeah. Um, yeah, and if I can step in on that, what I would say is, I'm hoping to get bigger and the people that are listening in this program, you're welcome to how in whatever way reach out to me, but where I would like my, my next two or three year vision of our health center is that when you're coming in is that uh, we hope to have a, a, a behavior specialist in our health center so that, you know, it's not just a checkbox, how you feel and how you sleep and how you eat and how you drink and, it's actually, you're going to physically sit down with someone and you're going to spend, it might be one minute. Hey, things are great. Thanks for your time. Have a good day. Go to the next station. Or there's going to be an opportunity. If you need 30 minutes or an hour, then you got 30 minutes or an hour. And so we're going to tie that into the physical process so that you can really sit down and have a discussion, a face-to-face -face discussion with someone and not just check boxes. And then a skin thing too. So I want to, I'm hoping that we can get to a point where we can bring you in to another room and, and hey, strip down and someone's going to look at you head to toe and go, yep, let's burn that. Let's burn that. Hey, let's keep an eye on that. Let's watch that. So there's some components to our physical that I want to make bigger in addition to what we have. And again, it's not a tier system. It's just overall health and wellness to go. Not every fireman goes, hey, that's, you know, that looks cancerous or, hey, that's raised or that's growing or that has an abnormal boundary in its shape. So I want a professional in there who can just, hey, once a year, let's let's give you a quick scan. Don't wait to go out and find your own doctor. We'll do it for you. We already got you. We got you here and got you trapped. Let's let's take a look at all that stuff. So we're trying to add a couple more things. It'll take a little bit longer in the process, but it's a win and it's once a year, right? Yeah. Uh, well, that answers the next question of what tests or evaluations would you recommend outside of NFPA 1582? Yeah, so I, you know, 1582 is is awesome and it, and it's it's very very well written by a whole bunch of smart people. And, uh, and I think that you can add to it whatever you want, but I think as far as being encompassed, it, it it's great. And I think if you can add anything to it and talking to some of the docs, um, I talked to a doc in Portland not too long ago, and he was going to come look at our facility. And I just feel like 
you know, what can you afford, right? What can you afford and, and what are the big things? But I, I, again, I think the WFI has done a great job of, of looking at these four big wellness factors and then anything you can add to that. Great. I mean, if you can put a podiatrist in, in your clinic and have them and have them look at that. Great. If you can add a dermatologist to your clinic and have them look at that, you know, we use the Vin, Vin cancer center and we have a, we have a great relationship with them. They do wonderful things for us. And all of our firefighters uh, have access to the to the gallery test. So we test all of our, they can go down there. They get a full cancer exam. They get a chest and a full body CT. Um, they run the gallery test to see if there's, it. it this test uh, will look for markers of any risk you could have of a cancer in the next three to five years. Um, so those types of things we've added on that are, amazing and and uh hopefully it reaches out it's an expensive test and i understand that but uh what a win for us right so i think the cancer screening is a huge deal because that's just coming on more and more so um, anything that can be done to detect early cancers i would say that in phoenix specifically i would say that we have we are seeing a higher incidence of cancer but we are having a higher survivability rate. And I think that's due to early detection, right? So we're catching it so early and so young that people are surviving it. And, 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 and so that's a significant win, right? And um, so the numbers are up, but even though the numbers are up, the survivability is significantly down because we're catching it so early. So uh, the hard push for cancer screening is, uh, I'd say, is the next big thing that we really need to push. And, and chief, uh, I got to ask when you're, when you're looking to add these tests and additional screenings, uh, what's the relationship with, uh, like with the union, are, are they involved heavily? Is there a discussion that has to happen? Say that again with who, with, with the union. Oh, our union. Uh, so Brian Willingham, our union president, amazing dude, our, our our union 493's executive staff, uh, tough group of people to be. Can't uh, can't say enough good things about them. Truly, and they are by our side. Our RBO process is incredible. We had a great meeting yesterday. I, I, I mean, I can call my union president. Hey, let's go have a drink. Let's talk. We can talk about anything. Nothing offends him. Nothing gets him mad or irritated. They'll do anything to help you. Hey, what do you think about this program? Believe me, everybody's all in in making sure. Our, our uh, members' health and wellness are, uh, are up front, up front. And uh, they do our union. You can't beat them. They're fantastic. Awesome. So with that cancer screening that you're talking about, is that part of your annual physical now, or is it just a, an option that the city of Phoenix provides for its members? Yeah, both. So the cancer screening is coming where we're the skin cancer stuff is coming, but it is a thing that the city of Phoenix has stepped in uh, the city safety, the city of Phoenix safety section, and the union, and our fire chief have stepped in and said, Hey, we want to provide this screening and that's done through the Vincere uh, Cancer Center. And uh, they've stepped up and offered it the research that this place produces that Dr. Shukla produces. Um, and the quality of care. I mean, they they stop doing things. They 
there, I was in there the other day doing my yearly screening and I bet you four firemen were in there. It was almost like a union meeting in the, in the lobby <laughs> waiting your turn, right. To go in and see the doc. Cause everybody goes through there. Everybody gets checked. It doesn't cost a dime for us. It all goes through our insurance. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of times where uh, some of that is just taken care of on their part to make sure they're so serious about firefighter health and wellness people. I'm told that other cities fly in from other states uh, just to utilize the cancer center, that it's 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 that amazing. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, the money is provided by the city. There's extra monies funded, but it's supported by the city, city safety, the fire chief, the union president, the whole deal. Yeah. It's awesome uh, to, to shift gears a little bit, chief. I, I know when we were down there uh, and you gave us the tour of the facility, um, we had the medical side and then, uh, the part I enjoyed was the, the physical therapist side, um, the, the full gym, the, the treatments, the STEM, the heat pad, the whole nine. Um, what value have you noticed to having your physical therapist in house? Well, so the, the whole concept to that is really no different than a professional athlete, right? When you, as a professional athlete, if you get hurt on the field, you walk in and you're you have ice accessible to you right now, right? Ice, heat, stem, uh, flexibility, range of motion exercises, just the evaluation of what's really going on, right? And it's tied right next to our health center. So there's a lot of wins to that. The win is our, you know, we use occupational health professionals. Our docs are all occupational health. So they may not know how to look for an anterior cruciate, or they may not know how to look for a certain musculoskeletal injury, but they can walk next door to a PT who can look at that. They can say, hey, something's up with this knee. Something's different. We don't know what it is where you look at it. And they can do a, a McMurray or a Lockman's test or something like that and see what else is going on. And, and this is for, sorry to cut you off, Chief. This is for on duty and off duty. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's correct. Doesn't matter. So if you're on duty, let's say let's say you get up this morning and you had a fire last night or you, or you lifted a heavy patient and you wake up and you're like, hey, I'm kind of stiff. I'm not feeling good. You can come down to our physical therapy clinic, check in. Uh, tell Sari, hey, Sari, you know, I, I, I tweaked my back last night. Will you take a look at it? We'll start the industrial paperwork just so that we are protected. And then she'll give you a good exam and say, this is what I think is going on. Let's do some heat, some ice, some stem, whatever, you know, some manual therapy. She's real big on manual therapy. And let's get you on a flexibility program. You're really tight here. You're not moving correctly with this. So let's get your hips moving so that your back can better be stabilized. Let's get your core going, all that kind of stuff. So it's it can happen off duty. And then, you know, we even have some retirees come in and say, hey, will you look at my back? Will you look at my neck? And they'll do something and give them a home program and stuff like that. It's uh, it's top notch. It is. It's top notch. But the the benefit of it is, again, it's early detection. We You don't go home for three days and go, oh, I need to go to the health center tomorrow. And you're not going well. I mean, you guys, I'm sure it's no different where you are that you call your doc and it's like, well, we can see you in three weeks. Well, you, you come down to us and we'll see you in 10 minutes, right? We'll see you in 10 minutes. Let's get you on some heat. Let's get you stretched out and let's take a look at you. Right? Yeah, well, Chief, I love, I love the idea of bringing in the retirees because they've, you know, helped build the place that you're currently working at. And now they're kind of yeah. a forgotten well, we do, population. We do retiree physicals. Yeah. We stopped during COVID, but we're back to where our, 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 uh, our retirees are welcome to come in and get a physical every year oh, man. They, and we do the same physical that we do um 
on our on our members. And we have a, a little union program where we have one stag event a year. It's called the Taco Bust, and it's for the retirees. The retirees come in, and we do a big taco uh, festival, if you will. And uh, we try and open that time up for our retirees, so the people that fly in to do that big Taco Bust festival, they can have that week to do. Um, they're physical. So we'll kind of open that up and let the retirees, because a lot of them live in different places now, right? They're in Montana, they're in California, they're in Mexico, they're in Texas, and they'll all fly in for this festival. And so we open that up for them so they can, while they're in town doing the taco bus, they can have their, uh, they can have their physical done and we can do their lab work and, and the whole nine yards for them. So yeah, we still take care of our retirees. Well, that's an amazing Again, service. Kudos, kudos to the fire chief and the union president. Yeah. Awesome. And Chief, did you guys add the uh, calcium, error, calcium coronary score to your physicals yet? So yes and no. We we have done research with it. And so when people are doing some research, they'll call us, hey, we want to be a part of this. And so we've done uh, we've done calcium scores in a couple different ways. We did a study with a cardiology office, I don't know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, maybe, where we went in and did carotid artery uh, scans and we did it that way. Um, I, I feel like there was another way to do it and I don't remember how they were doing it, but it, we don't really do it every on as a part of our routine physical, but we've been a part of a lot of studies where we have done calcium scores. And then one of the cardiology offices that we use in town, uh, a lot of firemen go to, uh, they offer it to us also. So I can go get a calcium score and pay, I don't know, hundred bucks, 110 bucks out of pocket and uh, and get a calcium score every year if I want it. I don't know that you need one every year, but you know every couple of years, every three to five years, go get a calcium score for a hundred dollars. Um, it, it's 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 hard not to take advantage of that, right? Yeah, that was one of the things when you were mentioning the retirees. Um, I know it's a uh, one of the things where I've seen like possibly doing you know every five years wow. at thirty, and then every three years at forty, and then every other year after fifty. Seems to be the yeah. the trend to be able to grab it, but I wasn't sure if you guys had uh, latched onto that. Um, one other quick question: I know we got away from the tier system. Do you use the tiering system for your onboarding process? So if someone's coming in as a new recruit and they fall into tier three or four out the gate, or is that something that you use during the selection process? Yes. So, well, the selection process is kind of over in the sense of you've been selected. Now your background checks, your fingerprints, your your, and then your physical takes place. Um, currently, uh, if you're coming on as a new fireman, firefighter, and you're not a tier one, where are you going to be with 20 years on the job? If you come in as a tier three, where are you going to be with 15 and 20 years on the job? All right. And so that's, that's our attitude. And so to come in, you're, you're Mets, you need to be tier one across the board. Right. And if not, so let's say you're an asthmatic. Well, 1580 NFPA 1582 has some specific language about that. So you might have to go back to your pulmonologist and figure out your meds or do some special testing to make sure you're you're OK, because uh, 1582 spells that out very specific, specifically. Maybe you have a seizure history. Maybe you have a um, you know, maybe you're missing a digit, a finger or a toe. There's there's rules to that. And, and there's. Um, uh, you've had prior surgeries, all those things there, they have them in, in different classes. And so it, it plays a role. It, it, it does play a role, but to specifically answer your question, we kind of expect you to come in as a tier one. 
Now, where that changes is, uh, so we just met the Wellness Fitness Initiative, just got together in Washington, D.C. here back in uh, November, December. I can't remember exactly the day, but um, there's discussions that I think is going to come out in the new version that we have to treat an incumbent the same as a recruit. So there's, we can't say, well, once you're in, you can be a tier three, but when you're coming on, you have to be a tier one, right? Uh, we're, um, I'm pretty sure that I heard the discussions that that's going to go away, that we have to treat everybody uh, in the same group. So I, I think our methodology is going to change, but but currently that's what we expect. But I don't think that would you know, I saw you guys nod, and I, I don't think that's unexpected that you you shouldn't expect a new recruit to come in in a tier one and be able to meet all their Mets and be able to be in a, in good uh, health and wellness, right? Yeah, I know we've and discussed it because uh, we're both uh, this is we're teaching our second of fire academy together, third total, um, and it it's hard when you are possibly eliminating someone from the academy for a fitness standard of ten pull ups. And you know that you have about, I don't know, 80%. And that's being nice. I mean, and it's not really indicative to the ability to do the job either. When someone can't do 10 pull-ups and then you're having the discussion of, wow, should they not be here? It's hard to hold that person to a standard when the the floor themselves are unable to perform that same standard. So that's awesome to hear. Yeah. And and we don't use pull-ups. So other than the CPAT, all we have is our physical process and it's all about the wellness components, right? So we don't, pull-ups aren't a part of our thing, but it's uh, of our recruitment, but it it is, comes down to the candidate's uh, physical agility test, right? And then, uh, and then the physical itself. So the extra stuff we don't really have, but, but there'll be a day where, you know, whether it's for legal reasons or whatever, that everybody's going to have to be kind of in the same boat but but that's good for us though, right? Because you know you've got seventeen years on, I got twenty seven years on. That, that that shouldn't the rule shouldn't change, right? You you got to be able to do uh, do the job. And let's admit it, we all we all know it's a it's a young person's game nowadays, right? So um, there's things you got to be able to do, and and uh, whatever those deciding factors are, um, they're they're kind of set by your departments. But but we use the candidates' physical agility test, and then the physical itself, but. When you talked about the, the the treadmill, if we have someone fail a treadmill, when I say fail, meaning they were a tier three, um, I'll give you another chance. I'll, I'll give you another, hey, come back next week. Because, you know, the hiring process is kind of long. We got to do the background checks. And then if there's a problem, you have to, if you have a cardiac issue, maybe you have to go out and see your cardiologist, right? So there's a time frame in there that, hey, if you didn't, we had a guy just the other day, didn't, he was a tier three in his program. And because he was a tier three, I'm like, hey, come back next week. Let's try it again. Hey, come back in two weeks. Let's try it again, right? I'm, I'm not saying, hey, it's one and done. Hey, come back in two weeks. We'll give you another shot. I'm okay with that. Maybe you just had a bad day. Maybe you didn't have a good night's sleep. Maybe you had a long night at work at your other job and things happen, right? So give me another chance. And Chief, uh, just for our listeners, you were talking about the Gherkin test. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it justice, but Dr. Gherkin uh, is a cardiologist that worked for the Phoenix Fire Department and worked in our health center for a long time. So there's a lot of different treadmill protocols. There's the Bruce protocol. There's the Davis protocol. And when you go into your cardiologist's office and you have a stress test, whether it's because you had chest pain and you have to be cleared or you're just doing an annual physical, 
they run a program. So the Gherkin protocol, what he did is he took numbers and you get on a treadmill and you walk at an elevation and a speed. And based on your age, you know, the 220 minus your age, there's a number you should hit. And they take that number at, at 70%. And basically over a period of time, you shouldn't hit above your 75% number, right? And, and it correlates very closely. There's a piece of paper and a graph they use that I could explain to you or send to you guys. But the gist is they can look at that and say, okay, you're 27 years old. You went for seven minutes. Seven minutes equates to 13.2 minutes you pass. And you didn't have to stay on the treadmill for your whole 12, 13, 14 minutes, right? It's a, it's an, it's a way to get on the treadmill and do an abbreviated test so that we can run more people at a time because we only have two treadmills, right? So instead of getting on a treadmill and running for 13, 15, 17 minutes, um, for every person coming through every day, it was a it was a way to correlate how long you walked on a treadmill and your heart rate and then convert it into your Mets. And that way you could find out if you met your Mets without spending that time on the treadmill. That's the that's the gist of it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds uh <clears throat> that's kind of one of the logistical things that we're trying to find is uh, like a little bit faster way to capture. Well, I'm happy to share it with you if you yeah. want it. I can get it to you. Yeah, be awesome. We have it on paper. Our clinicians use it all the time. It's it's not rocket science, but it's it's very well spelled out and it's 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 wonderful. So I can get you on a treadmill and in six, seven, eight minutes, we'll know whether you can do what you could do in 15 minutes or not. Right. And I'm not saying I can go 15 minutes. Don't get me wrong. I know that sounds really, really fancy, but it, but you know, there's it, it's all tied to a number. And the older you are, it changes with your heart rate. And then let's say that you're Let's say that you're 40 years old and you you take 220 minus your age and you get your number, you take 75%. But let's say last year you did so well, they'll give you those five beats, right? So you might get five more beats because your max heart, it calculates into your max heart rate. And so if your max heart rate was 128 last year and this year you only have to do 124, well, they'll give you those four extra beats. So there's a whole equation to it. It's I'm mean, really smart dude wrote it, but I'm um, yeah. happy to share it with you guys. I think it's a, a fantastic program and we've used it for, for 20 years. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we've, uh, we've reached the point of, uh, the episode chief. We usually do a, uh, a clip of the week where we show a little clip of a, a speech or cartoon or whatever we find on the internet to find applicable to what we talked about today. If you'd like to give us your two cents on it, I used to use the old expression, you take care of me and I'll take care of you. I found out how shallow and short-ended that was. And I changed it to read like this, I'll take care of me for you, if you will please take care of you for me. You know, I think my, uh, my I'll go back to uh, Chief Alan Grunacini, right? He, um, I, I said it in this podcast, it was a pretty profound statement when he said that we take better care of our trucks and equipment than we do ourselves, right? I think that we as a fire, I, I think in the old days, we did a great job of taking care of one another in a lot of different ways, in good ways and bad ways, right? We, we protected people from problems and things. I think that if you're take care, if you're taking care of you, and I'm taking care of me, as this guy is saying. Um, I, I think that that's that's a that's a win for everybody. But the the true factor is if everybody's taking care of everybody and everybody's being selfless. And I think that's just the nature 
of firefighting it, internationally, right? I don't, I don't think that's an Arizona thing. I don't think it's a Nevada thing or a United States thing. I think it's, it's just the nature of what we do and how we do it. And to the point that we take care of others that aren't even a part of our family and we treat each other like family. Uh, and so I think we, we go as far as treating outsiders and the customers that we run on uh, like family. And uh, at the end of the day, I think it's about taking care of everybody, but taking care of yourself because yourself is important, but your family and, and your friends. And, you know, I hope, I hope I showed you guys that when you guys came to Phoenix, that, uh, that it, it's all about taking care of one another. For sure. And chief, uh, before we end, before we end all this, uh, We've got a uh, assistant chief, deputy chief <laughs> openings right now with our fire department. If you're uh, looking to retire and double dip, we'd love to have you come on, uh, <laughs> come on up, come on up to colder climates. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that are way smarter than me that would love to have that job. I don't, I don't know that I have that skill set. I'm a, I'm a, I'm kind of a, a, a one trick wonder, right? I, I, I know, I know the little things, the whole, the big conceptual things are, are, uh, are, are interesting. And that's, uh, that's, you, Hey, you guys are doing a great job. Hey, we're also going to have, uh, we're also going to have a health and safety officer position open up pretty soon. I'm just saying, well, like. you, you know <laughs> what, I'd love to help you guys with that in any way I can, because I I'd love to see you guys get to where you want to be. You guys have a great vision. Um, it was awesome to have you guys come to Phoenix and see what we do and how we do it. We're proud of what we do and how we do it. And, uh, nothing would make me happier than to help you guys get on track and have your members uh, doing what we're what we're able to do. Number one, but number two is have you guys lead it and be a part of it because uh, you mean well for your members, and that's obvious. And so, uh, kudos to both of you. Awesome, and awesome. and and thank you, Chief. And, and to tie back into the, the quote and what you were saying as far as taking care of um, each other, that that was something that was a. A different visit with you and i and i want to make sure you under like we truly appreciate you it was a totally different experience from open door walking through the clinic the, ev nothing was off boundary and it was here's these documents for uh, the I'll, town yeah I mean, we'll like, take you over to see the blue card building take you to the hotel and it just was yeah. uh you made that experience awesome so thank you anytime awesome well thank you guys for joining us today uh, we'll see you on the next episode Pleasure, guys.